Hi, and welcome back to Unsighted, the internet's least reliable English lit podcast. I'm Chantel. And I'm Amy. And this is our second New Year's episode, which is wild. I wish I had those poppers things, you know, like a in the air. Yeah. Um, but I don't. But happy new year. Banani. Insert other language here. <laughs> I don't I don't know how to say it in any other language. But yes, it is 2022. Not for us, but for you. We are recording this in like mid-December. It's not even Christmas yet. I don't even know what's under the tree. I know what's under my tree. All the needles that fell off my tree. Do you have a real tree? I do have a real mini tree and I murdered it by not watering it enough. Uh, Amy, I was trying to make the Yuletide gay. And uh, it died instead. <laughs> it died. Oh no. I was like, oh, this will be fun. We can get this mini tree and we can water it and we can keep it in a new pot until next year. And it is already dead. Yeah. I got a seedling one year at the beach. This is not very New Year'sy, but I'm telling this story anyways. And I was, I was a furry tree at the beach. You know, they were just giving them out. And I was, I can put it in a pot. And then when I have a house, I can transplant it. <laughs> and uh, it died. Yeah, that happens. Pro tip, don't keep pine trees in your house they don't like it because i wasn't bonsaiing it or anything it was just like growing yes yeah this is fully a spruce (laughs) that i'm just keeping on my mantle yeah i have a small juniper tree that's technically supposed to be a bonsai but uh, it's more like a bonds not doing so well because was gonna take care of it and he didn't um, but anyways yes yeah, so we have a tree in the house and it's cute but it's not like it's not going anywhere we also have an avocado tree and that's also not going anywhere should help with the teamwork because there's no i in bonsai isn't there how do you spell bonsai okay we're doing something different today yeah because it's the new year and we thought that it would be good to kind of vision board things with y'all while also keeping it fun and keeping you on your toes (laughs) are y'all excited yeah we're gonna talk about some unpopular book opinions we're gonna talk about our plans for like the future of this podcast because our undergrad was only so long and we still like talking to you and then we're gonna chat about some hashtag just english major things oh wow that's the tumblr i should have gone on fuck if you came here to hear a literary work you will not be disappointed today i didn't tell amy i was doing this (laughs) but i have a poem as a gift a gift uh yes a gift are you ready for me yes okay okay this is called resolutions by gregory k i don't know why his name is gregory k or their name um, it's an initial. Do they have a last name? I'm unsure. I found it on blogspot, gotabook.blogspot.com. <laughs> okay, so here it is. Every year on New Year's Day, I grab myself a pen. I write my resolutions down to look at now and then. Two years ago, I'd written 12. I broke them all by June. Last year, I broke them faster still, the 1st of March and noon. This isn't great, I must admit, but now I've got it solved. And so this year on New Year's Day, Here's what I have resolved. Bug my dad, annoy my sis, distract my oldest brother, skip a chore, create a mess, and once ignore my mother. Chew some gum, devour pie, eat burgers, fries, and cakes. Teach my baby brother all the joys of chocolate shakes. My resolutions could go on. Instead, I'll stop right there. Just once I'd like to keep them all. 
and this might be my year. I like that. I like managing your expectations. Yeah. If you keep your expectations low, yeah. you can always meet them. Yeah. I had that discussion with my personal trainer where I was like, oh yeah, I'm not like super flexible. And she was like, okay. And then she was like, you have great range of mobility. And I was like, set the expectations low. <laughs> Shout out to my personal trainer who is also an English major. Amazing. We bonded. Yeah, no, that's a fun poem. And I agree with all of them. Do you have any personal resolutions this year, Chantel? Do I have any personal resolutions? Hmm. I haven't thought about it. Oh, wow. I would like to get a car so I can go places that cannot be reached on the bus. But I don't know if that's a resolution or just like a wish list item. <laughs> Do you have any resolutions? I think it's the same as last year, which was getting better at things. Like I wanted to get better at cooking at that time. Mm. This year, I'd like to get better at training June because she should be able to no lie down by now she's six uh so i'm gonna work on that <laughs> and you know just trying to be a bit more active i think not like necessarily going to the gym because gestures broadly but <laughs> you know just trying to like do more things and stuff so like last year your resolution was improving a skill yeah and then this year your resolution is improving june's skills correct Cool. Just checking that I had that right. Also improving my patience because I give up on her a lot. I'm like, oh, you're dumb. But she's not dumb. She just takes longer to learn and that's okay. She's a good girl. She's the best dog. But yeah, my resolutions with the podcast are we still have some literary works we want to cover. Yeah. So I would like us to get some fun ones in. Yeah. Like Station Eleven. There's a TV show for that apparently. That would be fun. Yeah. That would be a let's wait for this variant to pass. <laughs> I also really want to do The Wars because we've been teasing that one for a whole year. Yeah. And I'd like to do like a couple of like indigenous works. That would be great. Yeah. I think diversifying our portfolio would be good. Yes. We happened to read a lot of old white guys yeah. in our survey courses. Yeah. But we can branch out from that. We can. Because we're our own people. We are. I'd really like to do works from our listeners that everyone recommends. So if you have any suggestions, good or bad bad if you want to torture us a little bit uh we want to hear them please be nice yeah but we'd love to hear your suggestions and i think one of the things i'd like to do a bit more is more like slide passages where you do intense readings of a certain part of a work mm, yeah so like if you recommend something and you're like hey this is a 500 page book and you might not have time to, to do this but here's an excerpt let's talk about the excerpt we could do a couple like cool excerpts kind of episodes i think that could be fun short stories are good yeah yeah. poems are fun yeah also if you wrote something and you want us to read it hit us up we love to hear that we're here for it. we have patience for people we care about also we've done one episode on everyone's good high school poetry and our bad high school poetry and maybe we'll do a part two and please send us your bad high school poetry stop making us feel bad about ourselves you're too good at writing or your bad high school short story Ooh, yes because i have one about legos and gothic church is incredible yeah it's very manic pixie dream girl you'll see <laughs> so i think that's like what we want to envision in the future in the next year or two or whatever however long this goes on but enough of our brainstorming that we're doing live on air haha <laughs> i think we should move on to our, our unpopular opinions unless you have anything else to bring up no speaking of books <laughs> here on unsighted sometimes we speak of books <laughs> other times we don't but right now we are so speaking of books <laughs> 
That was a great segue for everyone. Please take note if you ever want to make a segue in an essay or something. That's how to do it. That's like the prime example. Anyway, we asked you to send us your unpopular book opinions and you sent some. Thank you so much. Woo, collaboration. Thank you for doing the work for us. So I don't have these, which I'll tell you, you're going to have to read them out. Yes, I have one from our good friends at Words About Books podcast. They were my top listened to podcast of 2021 from my Spotify wrapped. That's so cute. Yeah. So Ben, I believe, runs their Twitter. And Ben from Words About Books said, more books doesn't equal more smarts. I've witnessed many long debates about whether or not audiobooks count, where no one ever took the time to ask, count for what? Huh. Count for what? See, I'm a person who has a lot of books in my house. And my parents aren't. They have my books, but they're upstairs. And I always found that the living room didn't feel like a living room because it didn't have any books in it. Mm -hmm. So I would posit here that audiobooks don't count as decoration. (laughs) If you're using your books as decorations? Sure. (laughs) I guess you could like print them out like KK Slider record covers and hang them up on your walls. But uh, I think it counts for reading. Yes. So we have long said any reading you do counts as reading. Yes. If you're reading a middle grade chapter book, that counts as reading. If you are reading like the fluffiest beach read chiclet novel, that is the word of people who market it, not us. I love chiclet. Also the gum. Love chiclet. That's reading. Yeah. If you're listening to an audiobook, I listened to Station Eleven as an audiobook. I read Station Eleven. Thank you very much. Yep. I did. You absorb books when you listen to them because when you're reading, you're listening to it in your head, in your own voice. Also, accessibility. There are some people who can't read books on a page and everyone should be able to read books. So audiobooks, paper books, e-readers, phones. I can't do phones that much because I have a really hard time with it, but phones, kudos if you can do it. Engravings in stone. I know there's some people who like count the number of books they read in a year. Mm and tally them. It's just for your own personal enjoyment. So if you are doing that, um, congratulations, you're doing something that you enjoy. But like, if you're not doing that, don't put pressure on yourself to do so. I'm never counting how many books I read in a year or a week anymore, because that was traumatizing. But yes, I think audiobooks obviously count as books. I enjoy displaying my books because they make I find a house feel homier and I mostly use like e-reader books for books that I want people to see that I've read. So I think books also have an inherent snobbiness to them. And I think that goes back to the main point of this, which Mm -hmm. we have strayed from a little, which is more books doesn't equal more smarts. That's true. I mean, I have more books because I went to a lot of school, but also sometimes, much like my dog, I can be very dumb (laughs) and that's okay. I think more books that have been read can equal to more lived experience, but not more smart. Because you're kind of like living vicariously through the characters in the books. Yeah. I think if you are reading books to vicariously get life experience. Mm -hmm. I think the most important thing isn't reading more books. It's reading more diverse books. 
Yes. So read books from perspectives that are not similar to your own or that are not similar to the people that are in your immediate circle. Read books from people in different countries. Read books from people in different social spheres than you. I think that's the key thing is that books are really important for like understanding other perspectives and developing empathy for other perspectives. Yeah. But also don't like intellectually exhaust yourself. Yeah. I'm just saying if that's what you're reading books for but yeah absolutely get out of books whatever you want even if that is not reading them and just listening to this podcast yeah and that's fine and if you have books because you like the look of them on a shelf also fine but just remember to dust oh i just i really want to let that go but it bugs me so much when i see people color coding their books because mm. i'm like how do you find them as someone who's got their books alphabetized by authors last name and split up into fiction and nonfiction. I look at a bookshelf that's like a rainbow and I'm like oh that looks like a logistical nightmare. Especially when like some series don't have the same color scheme. That's very true. <laughs> Do they split up the series? <sighs> that's how I feel about that. But thank you Ben. Or like the ones. <laughs> sorry I'm still on this. This is my unpopular book opinions now. The people who were doing that trend where you turn your books around. No. So that they're spine side in so you only see the blank pages. Do you remember where each book is individually on your shelf? Or is that just so that you can have the books to look at because there's no way you're finding a book otherwise. No, that's a thing you do for a week, then look at it and you go, fuck this. And you turn them all around. Ben also says, from Words About Books... Ben has a lot of opinions. Ben has two opinions. Okay. Exactly two opinions. Don't listen to his podcast because there's no opinions there. We're covering all of his content in two opinions. <laughs> hey, Ben. Hey, Nate. Picture this, Ben. You're listening to a great book podcast by some English lit majors. Ooh, are they Canadian? They are. Am I in a Tim Hortons? You can't grasp the concept of what that is, so you're just inside of a Dunkin' Donuts that looks like a Tim Hortons. Now I'm sad. You know what else you should be sad about? They only have a limited amount of episodes, and when you're done listening to their podcast, you have to wait for the next one to come out. I do grow so tired of staring at a wall waiting quietly for the sun to rise. You could be listening to words about books. We've read all the classic literature, such as Agatha Christie. Detectives. Ray Bradbury. Sci-fi, Dark Carnivals. Dune. Sand. And so much more. Words about books. It's your new second favorite book-related podcast that you listen to while you wait for more unsighted content. Anyway, do listen to their podcast. It's very good. Oh, and while I'm here, no child should be made to read a Shakespeare play. They are plays. Yes. Just full stop. Yes. Agreed. Fuck reading Shakespeare plays. You can read along because I think that helps keeping pace. But but they shouldn't be made to read them. No, they should be viewed. They're meant to be viewed. They're meant to be a dramatic form. Let grade niners or whatever read Romeo and Juliet, but force them to watch it instead of reading it. Also, don't force anyone to read Friar Lawrence out loud. That sounds like a really specific occurrence. It's a very specific occurrence. And I feel like you're speaking for experience perhaps my teacher had to stop me mid soliloquy uh -huh. because i was essentially turning blue 
because I would forget to breathe. Oh, no. Uh, so uh, don't force any kids to read Friar Lawrence's part. Actually, just cut him out. He's not important. It's fine. I personally don't think we should be forcing kids to read any particular book. Like, if it was up to me, all curriculums would be like, okay, read like one book from this period or genre, one book from this period mm-hmm. or genre, and then it's just all independent studies unless the kid is part of a group that's like, yeah, we want to read a book together. That's how we learn best. I think teachers have enough on their plate, so let's let them do what they're doing right now. Because I think managing 17 different books per semester might be a lot. Yeah, no, this is absolutely not a critique of teachers. (laughs) It's a critique of the way our educational system is set up as a whole. We had books we had to read together and then books we could read by ourselves. But I think it was useful for all of us to read, like, To Kill a Mockingbird together. Moving on, we actually have three unpopular opinions. Okay. From Haunted Hospitality Podcast. Hello, spooky gingers. <laughs> Every time I remind myself to listen to their podcast, um, they always have car troubles. So I hope y'all are trucking along. That's cute. Okay, so the first one from our friends at Haunted Hospitality is, you should judge books by their covers. That's what covers are there for. Agreed. Yes. Yes. What else are you going to use for your initial interest in reading a particular book? If you can't judge a book by its cover, the marketing team has fucked up full stop that's very true a cover should have something about what the book is going to be about and it should tell you what kind of vibe you're going into if we shouldn't judge books by covers they would not have covers full stop moving on agree moving on deckled edges are only helpful if you like never being able to find your place those are like the chippy choppy ones right those are the ones that are like a zigzag if you look at them from the side right machete joe got it um <laughs> i see i like those Oh God, really? I like them because I think they look nice, but I hate reading them. Does that make sense? Oh, I hate reading books with deckled edges. I'm sorry if you're an author who paid extra to have deckled edges on your books, but it is so annoying to turn a page and then you get like three other pages with it. Like, what is that? I much prefer the like gold plated edges instead. Those are sweet. That is a fancy look. If you're going to spend money on something, spend money on that. I think if I was going to spend money on something, it would be a custom illustrated book cover because I judge books by their covers. Fair. For my book that I wrote, maybe we'll cover it when it's published. You should let me read it first. Okay. I have opinions. Obviously. (laughs) They're popular. It's fine. Number three. Spines should be cracked. Dogs should be eared. Books want to know that you read them. I am a strong proponent of books looking like they've gone through a process when they've been read. I mark in my books. I leave post-its in my books. I've cracked a many a spines. In my hardcovers, I like open all the leaves themselves individually to not damage them. Yeah, you loosen the binding. Yeah, I loosen the binding like a corset, but I hate paperbacks. I keep folding them on themselves. So I agree. I think, I mean, books belong to their readers. However, my books look like somebody lived in them kind of thing you know it's like when you go to a house and it's like all immaculate and i'm like does somebody live here <laughs> like i want i want to go into your house and be like yeah you clearly live here good it's cozy yeah it's a cozy book i personally don't crack my spines anymore when i was a kid and i had accidentally cracked my first spine i was like oh my god this is awesome like this book looks like i read it and then i would not care when i crack spines but then i found out you can loosen the binding by opening the pages slowly from 
the outside in. And uh, I have been doing that and I try not to crack my spines now. But yeah, books want to know that you've read them. Authors love to know that you've read their books. If an author sees their book on your shelf or in your hand and it looks like that, holy shit, guys, they're going to be so happy. I know for a fact that Neil Gaiman loves seeing crack spines on the books people bring in for him to sign. Books that have fallen in the bath. <laughs> also, if you're going into class and the book you bring with you doesn't look like it's been read, your prof is going to call on you. Have fun with that one. True that. Yeah. The next one is from MYO Quizness about Redwall, which neither of us have read, but we're going to read it. Redwall is a bad book. Matthias shows no growth. Am that is is an awful catchphrase. The size of the abbey is inconsistent. The character's morality is 100% genetically predetermined. Cornflower has no agency and is given to Matthias like a trophy. I want to read this book now. I'm really interested. Because this this is an enticing bad opinion. But good opinion? Yeah. Mm, this is a review. This is a book review is what I'm hearing. This unpopular opinion makes me want to read the book that they're criticizing. But hate read the book, you know? Yeah. I like this. This is good. Plus one. Is that how, how this works? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Twitter works. Yeah. And that is. Fuck. <laughs> we're already making it an inside joke. It's fun. Love it. Okay. Yeah. So those were the unpopular book opinions. But Amy um, has some high literature for us, you said. I think you mentioned that you were going to give us some more highbrow literature. Yeah. We're going to go through some listicles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are from the years of university um, where we did a lot of BuzzFeed quizzes. We did do a lot of BuzzFeed quizzes. That is true. BuzzFeed owned all of our data. It's fine. There's no, no new ideas under the, the sun. Speaking of unpopular book opinions, I have a listicle about it from August 7th, 2020. This is from a person who writes a blog called We Write at Dawn. Let me see they're about me. I just want to give them a name. It's from Sammy, who is writing We Write at Dawn and uh, has been blogging because of the pandemic. So, oh, so it's recent. Thank you for the free content. So it's recent and it starts out with what they call easy, but they say that they hate the Hunger Games. Okay, why? They tried to read it when they were younger and were bored to tears after almost 100 pages. Then they tried again and still couldn't get past it. They call it boring, that they don't like it, and they've never watched the movies. So it seems to be like kind of like one of those books for them that like just isn't getting through, you know? I can see if you can't get into a book, but I don't think it's valid to say that a book is bad just because you couldn't get into it. I don't necessarily think that they call it bad, just that they hate okay. it. Okay. Probably like a combination of not getting through it and also the hype around it and kind of being like, what's the hype kind of thing, which is how I felt about Twilight. I actually really liked Twilight when I was younger, but I was also in like grade eight. Yeah. So that's the first one. This one's about advanced reader copies. I have no stake in this, but they call them overvalued. I disagree with this. <laughs> advanced reader copies are not overvalued and I appreciate them. You'll get an advanced reader copy of my book if it ever is a book and not just a manuscript. There we go. Here we are. We disagree with this opinion. Another one is, this one is unpopular. <laughs> I think we will agree with it. Hear me out. So they say, okay, you can hate and disapprove of an author and still enjoy their work. Oh, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. We can list off like 10 authors right now, I'm sure. They specifically talk about J.K. Rowling. Oh, J.K. Rowling. Yeah, that's a very good example. So like they go, you can totally like enjoy a book 
that's not from a good person just maybe don't give them money you like get it from the library or something you know is that what the blog says the blog says if you're looking for a new book and found one you're interested in but the author is a known racist don't buy their book which to me means go steal it from the library well rent it from the library libraries are free borrow it from the library libraries are free so it's kind of like stealing (laughs) but yeah no i agree with this unpopular opinion i think uh, books belong to the readers once an author has put a book out into the world um as long as that book isn't you know propagating terrible ideas fuck the author actually don't fuck the author further harry potter was good i liked it but everything jk rowling has done after that for some reason has been like super weird like all the retconning and the cursed child i consider not to be canon but there are fan fiction fan canons like headcanons that I consider to be much more canon. Like I consider Hufflepuffs to be excellent finders, even though it was only in a Harry Potter musical, but I don't consider The Cursed Child to be part of the Harry Potter series. (laughs) I'm having a revelation. Any hoodles, that's fine. This person (laughs) agrees with us. E-readers and audiobooks are books. So yes, good. Thank you, Sammy, at We Write at Dawn. Great. <laughs> and then they have some comments as well from other people. So I agree. This was fun. These are good, unpopular book opinions that we we endorse. Ex- some of them. Except for The Hunger Games. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Same. I don't enjoy it now, but I liked reading it. I think I still enjoy it. I just don't like Jennifer Lawrence, but that's a different point entirely. The hype got to me. So that's that. Do we want to do stereotypes or common misconceptions? Those sound like they're going to be really similar. Okay. The nine most common misconceptions about English majors and why they're not always true. We might not go into why they're not always true. So misconception one is you want to be a teacher, which Oh my gosh, that was annoying. Literally the first thing anyone said to me ever when I said I was an English major. They were like, oh, so you want to be a teacher? Like, imagine if there were other jobs where you also need English. Right? It's not like it's an entire (laughs) freaking language. Being a teacher is important. Love our teacher friends. But it's not the only thing you can do with the degree. Exactly. Misconception two, you won't make any money if you major in English. False. The skills you learn in English class don't translate to the real world. You know what? Translate to the real world soft skills transferable skills i think being an english major is the most versatile degree because you're learning a little bit about a lot of things Mm -hmm. like you're learning a little bit of philosophy a little bit of psychology a little bit of like history a little bit of like post-colonialism a little bit of a bunch of different stuff all while learning to like communicate and argument your way through all those topics yeah exactly it's very important you learn important skills as an English major. Yeah. Every time I like I meet an English major who I also like work with and whatever, I'm always like, we're going to get along. You're going to be competent. You're going to do your stuff. It's going to be great. But I also have bias. And if there were more English majors in the world, you wouldn't have to read those really terrible clickbaity articles where it's just like 90% ads and next page, next page, next page without learning anything. English majors would not put you through that. We would not. So transfer your skills. If you wrote a lot, you researched a lot, you did oral presentations, you had seminars, those are all very transferable skills. Good. Yeah. There are no jobs 
There are plenty of jobs and they're not even just writing jobs. Like marketing is a very good job if you're an English major because you know what you know how to do? Grip people's attention. Yeah, and write to different audiences, mm -hmm. which is the entire thing that marketing is. And like every single job in the world is looking for good writers. Mm -hmm. And you can be a bad writer as an English major and still be better than 98% of the people who apply for that job. <laughs> so there's that. Oh, this is a fun one. English majors always use perfect grammar and spelling and know the meaning of every single word. I legit use only the littest grammar. My language is snatched. This is the, the misconception that affected me in my soul the most because I have like <laughs> such a hard time with spelling. Also, English is my second language. So whenever people yeah. are like, oh, you're an English major. Can you proofread this for me? And I'm like, fuck no. <laughs> I can edit it and make your sentence like sound better, but there's going to be typos and you're going to have to find them at Chantel. I am very good at spelling, but it's not because I was an English major. It's just because my mom is a stickler for spelling yeah i think that's something you need to start earlier on in your academic career if it's something you really want to do like i used to read the thesaurus for fun yeah i mean i'd be a better speller if i didn't have a brain that cross wires letters so there's also that also you're doing your second language yeah and that's a more difficult thing my spelling in french is garbage true um uh, no offense but there's um no offense taken this part here where it's like and we know the meaning of every single word where like this weekend we were watching Hawkeye my partner and I and they were using the word reckless a lot and I just went I wonder what wreck means and then I looked it up and it's like an <laughs> old German name word or something and it, like moved its way through middle English and like eventually found its way but it was used as a normal person word up until like the 19th century so like get wrecked means to like give a lot of care to something actually oh my god gosh i love that so much so we don't know the meaning of every single word but we have the resources and the skill set to go figure it out for you i think what english majoring gives you the most is like critical thinking skills yes because you know how to research you know how to like read into things and you know how to pull out key ideas and key messages and you know what that gives you it gives you really good googling skills yes so if you're smart as an English major, you probably are just really good at Googling. That's true. Um, this one's a quick and easy one. We've read all the classics. They talk here about Great Expectations, Treasure Island, and I'm like, never fucking read both of those. I haven't read Treasure Island. I have read Great Expectations in my Victorian lit class, and I was slowly trying to get through many of the classics through audiobooks because audiobooks are reading. Yes. But like I read as an audiobook, I read Fahrenheit 451. Brave New World, some other stuff. But see, a lot of the classics, air quotes, are white books. So maybe we don't even need to read them. Yeah, there's other stuff out there that's not just stuff in the like... British canon? An old white guy decided what the canon was. Yeah. So, misconception seven. An English major is easy. You just read books and write essays that are basically book reports, which... Actually, not that much of a misconception. <laughs> I mean, how many people were in our first year English class? 157. 157? Yep. How many people would you say regularly attended our fourth year English class? 12. <laughs> and I think that's being generous. So it's not 
super easy to get through. Okay, it's not easy, but you do just read books and write essays, which if you like reading and you don't mind writing or you like writing and you don't mind reading, it's something that's fairly easy to just do. I mean, it's a little harder to do well, but I didn't find it hard. It can be very hard for other people, but I had excellent time management skills, so I didn't find any of this hard. If you found essay writing in high school was not super challenging, you're probably going to be fine as an English major. Yeah. If you're like, okay, I like pointing out key ideas in books and I like pull out key themes and I make note of them in my head as I'm reading. Once you start doing that, you have the beginning of an essay. Yeah. You just need to have an opinion about that theme. And then that's your essay. Yeah. Misconception eight. We love editing and proofreading your writing. So we'll do it for free. <laughs> False. I mean, I paid you. You did. During my master's because I, I wasn't giving you anything back. You did. It was very kind. Yeah. And I think a lot of people take advantage of English majors. So if you have an English major in your life and you ask them to edit your stuff often, make sure you reciprocate either like in cash money or like at the very least food. My gosh, feed us. Um, but if you're like hiring someone professionally to do shit, pay them properly. Thanks. Yeah, you'd better be really good friends if you're asking for favors, if they're not just offering. Yeah. <laughs> I'll offer to people who are my friends. Yeah. But that's because they're my friends. Like if someone is going to be like, hey, I need an English major. Well, let me just go on this Reddit forum and ask a random person to proofread my thing. No. Send me cash. Thanks. <laughs> and finally, the last misconception is we're always judging you when you speak or write something to us, which <laughs> lol. I'm always judging everyone, but that's for different reasons. I don't judge anyone on their writing. Um, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like, so like on our Tinder, speaking of Reddit, sideways, there's often like, oh, they don't even know like the difference between the three theirs. And I'm like, you know, I know the difference between the three theirs, but I don't have patience to proofread text messages so, eh. And I think standard English is trash. On the one hand, I fully agree that standard English is trash. There are many dialects of the language that are equally valid. The entire thing is based on someone put some French vocabulary <laughs> on top of a Germanic base and then just like mugged other languages in back alleys for loose words. It's like the marble slab of languages. Yeah. However, there are spells and grammar things that really annoy me. Yeah, just really particular ones. Like if people combine two words into one word that sound like they could be one word, Amy's smiling because she probably does this. But like, that just bugs me and I can't explain why it bugs me. It just does. Possible. What? Possible. What is that? Possible and impossible together. Possible. Okay, no, that's fine. I'm talking about like, 12 separate words that everyone combines into one. Here we go. Here's another listicle. Every day, mm. when you're not talking about as an adjective, like an everyday occurrence is one word. But every day I go to school, that's two words. Thank you. Two words. Goodbye. I actually use goodbye as one word. A lot. A lot's a big one. Hang out. Like, let's hang out. But they write it as one word. I see. So it's not the, the stitching of the words together. It's the misuse of two words as one. I see. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Cool. I don't know. That just bugs me. But that's just like a me thing. Right. I don't know. There are many ways to use language and standardization of a language is garbage. But also that just annoys me. That's true. I like grammar. I think grammar is important into getting
getting yourself understood, but I also think YOLO swag. <laughs> so I think that's all I had because the other one's basically all the same stuff. Like we like to read and it's like, mm, not anymore. <laughs> Cries. So that's <laughs> what I have for you today. Those were good listicles. Thanks. None of them were from BuzzFeed, surprisingly enough. That is shocking. Shocking. Yeah. So welcome to the new year. Uh, we won't be doing this all year long. We will have more literary works coming your way. We'll have some collaborations. That's going to be fun. And we really appreciate all the time you've spent with us over the last year. And we like your peer reviews. So keep sending them. And sometimes we forget to say them out loud, but we talk about them with behind your back. I have a peer review. Speaking of peer reviews, we forgot to say out loud. I have a peer review. Okay. So we did a Taylor Swift episode last month. We did. We talked about blank space and Zach wrote in to let us know that blank space is definitely about Death Note. <laughs> the manga slash anime <laughs> i have a blank space baby and i'll write your name right thank you for the peer review on our, our quasi joke episode <laughs> love it so we talk about your peer reviews behind your back sometimes um but we really appreciate them so in the best way in the best way in the we have we think this is funny and also yeah we were dumb there but we're not gonna point it out <laughs> so that's all i got yeah thank you so much for listening thank you for following us into this new year these new horizons we have no idea what's coming but we're gonna be here we're gonna be together also follow us at unsighted pod and we'll see you again in two weeks and as always we're excited unavailable Are we ready for the podcast now, do you think? Yep.